Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to the kitchen table. Today, we are going to do the follow-up from last week's How Do We Walk With Our Kids When It Feels Like We're in a Friction Space With Our Child. And last week, we introduced the idea of wisdom. Rather than um, teaching rules, teaching right versus wrong, good versus bad, we introduced the idea of wisdom. And so today... Troy and I are going to kind of work that out across the different ages that your children may be in. We're going to try and get real practical. We're going to try and give you a really nice, clear picture of what it might look like at the different places where our kids are mentally and um, even emotionally and go from there. Sound good? Sounds great. (laughs) Okay, so to start with... How do we define wisdom? As we're leading our kids at all ages, how do we define wisdom? Yeah, I mean, I think, I really think that's a great question. And and I'm not sure it's extremely straightforward, but it's definitely, when we think about wisdom, I think of a couple of things. You know, we talk about it being knowledge applied, so it's more than knowledge. And we talk a lot about God being the source of wisdom, But I really think as our children are developing and even as we as adults try to exercise wisdom, I believe it's rooted in in an understanding of who we are, an understanding of who God is, and trying to really think through decisions and how all those factors play into the decisions we make and then the potential consequences or side effects of our decision so that we're thinking through all those factors before we make a decision, not just trying to clean up mm-hmm. after we make decisions. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's a, a really how we navigate life with a better understanding of who we are and who God is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. so how do we then begin to, so the way I see, and you and I have talked about this even before, but the way we kind of see wisdom is we see it as this two-prong teaching opportunity. So we have the opportunity to plow the ground, to turn the soil over, and to talk about wisdom um, in making decisions. But then we also have this space where we are going to uh, talk about wisdom as it relates to decisions made. Usually that is a discipline, <laughs> decisions mm-hmm. that have been made by our children, right? Yeah, and I, I do want to say, and I, we talked about it last week, but I do want to contrast that with just the idea of parenting from a right and wrong perspective. 
Yes. Because I, for me, I know personally, and as we've navigated parenting, I think it's been a growth and, a, and sort of an evolution of how we approach our children. But I do think that's a very different approach than just determining as a parent what's right and wrong and then trying to impose that within the family structure. Right. So that the discussions around that was wrong or this is right or you need to do this. And I do think as we navigate sort of how we even sort of reach each stage in that development, trying to look at how we make decisions, but also how we discipline, the contrast of that is this idea of right and wrong, making decisions in light of right and wrong, and then basically disciplining our children in light of right and wrong and the consequences because you did wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a, I know it seems subtle, but to me it's a very different mm-hmm. approach to how we parent or, or approach our children in those those different ways is very different. I think so. I think it's different in a couple ways. Um, and then we'll dive into the different ages and stages. I think it's different, first of all, because in a lot of ways, this method is more costly. So this method will demand more time. Mm-hmm. It will demand more um, relational time, really, because we are going to walk with our child and basically accompany our child as they begin to learn wisdom and then exercise their muscles of wisdom as they grow up. But that's going to demand conversation, and conversation inherently demands time. And so this is a more costly version because the truth is, it's very easy for me to declare something right or wrong and be done with it and say, you can't do that. That was wrong. Stop and, and be done there and, and, and stop it there because for whatever reason, I mean, I might be tired that day and just not, don't want to be in the mood to deal with it. So this is more costly, but I think it is more life giving. It is definitely more, relationally edifying and what I mean by that is this is the space that I've realized that holy sacred privilege comes to bear where I get to sit with my child and you get to sit you know we sit together sometimes you do it I do it and you have this really maybe for the first few minutes you're just trying to push all the muck and the junk away and we'll talk about that later but of what they want to defend with or throw at you at first, but then really being able to take the time to dive into the heartbeat of that child. Absolutely. I mean, and I think when you, even as you're saying that, I think a couple of things come to mind is one, if, if part of our desire is to help our child understand themselves in this journey, yes, then that means we have to understand them somewhat. Yeah as we're as we're probing and trying but even as you talk about the the time cost you know really the essence of parenting from a right and wrong perspective is don't do that right it's very quick so that's a pretty straightforward (laughs) statement and again you can apply whatever pressure you want to apply and that's what gets frustrating or whatever so you can you know speak loudly yell you know, discipline or whatever, just to be able to make the point, don't do that. Whereas really parenting from a wisdom perspective says, why would you do that? 
Right. Why should you not do that? What's going what does on God your, say about and, that? And what's going on within you? Yeah, what in you would make you do that or make it okay for you to do that? Mm-hmm. Allow you to do that in essence. And so I think the really the parenting from a, a wisdom perspective versus a right and wrong perspective is much more relational and sort of probing as to, you know, what does God think about that? What does he say? What do, you know, what about you would would allow that? And so I think it is a lot more time invested in the relationship of understanding those different elements mm-hmm. versus just don't do that. Yes. Okay. So let's begin. Huh. Let's do it. Um, okay. So let's talk about let's talk about wisdom first from the standpoint of. We have this brand new child who's coming to our home and they're like starting to walk and talk and moving forward. And we are beginning this conversation of wisdom with a person who knows nothing. And we're, this isn't about the discipline side yet. Like they haven't done anything. We're just trying to plow the ground of wisdom. So they're two, let's pretend like they're two, three, four, five. They're in that section of time. So they can talk a little. They understand more than they can talk. (laughs) But how are you and I, what are we doing in terms of introducing this idea of wisdom to them? So I think that one of the first things that we're doing is we're really talking about who God is. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, you're obviously not sitting down with a two-year-old having long discussions no. about wisdom and the root of right. wisdom. And, but I will say there's a lot of... Prep work. Whenever they do something. I mean, a, you know, two-year-old, I think of, is a lot of opportunity to address selfishness or... Yeah. You know, and the reality is I think <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of this is you, this is God. Right. And and there's a difference. Right. And yes. so it's not so yes. much, and sometimes it's, that's the extent of it is, you know, God is not that you're displaying that. And it's just drawing the difference between who God is and who they are in a way that ultimately needs to be reconciled. Right. But it's just the foundation of laying that through those two, three, four-year-old Four years. Mm-hmm. You're not in deep conversations about wisdom necessarily. No. You're just laying foundational truths that'll allow you to to transfer those conversations when they're they gain more understanding five, six, seven into mm-hmm. how do you navigate that a little more now that we understand that difference. Mm-hmm. And but I do I will say that on the daily with our little people when I would be in the bathroom all the time with them it was consistently around certain themes. Different children exhibited consistent themes of what mm-hmm. they were in the bathroom for. And in the Kimsey household, I don't know if you've ever listened in the podcast, I've shared this before, but my method of, of or our method of disciplining is I will ask that child to go sit in the bathroom. And it's not so much that this is, a, this is not a timeout. This is just, I need you to go sit and get quiet and I'm going to come in there with you. I think primarily because I don't want to shame you in front of the whole crowd and just talk about how terrible or whatever you did and how it was wrong. There's so much more fruit gained when it's private and the two of us can sit and talk, even at two, three, and four. 
and five. But definitely in those times, especially when you begin to see this repetitive or this pattern. So this child maybe is really struggling with obedience, or this is a child who really struggles with selfishness. So they don't want anybody else touching their things and they strike out at somebody if they do. Or this is a child who is sassy and wants to pretend like it's cute and, and, you know, just has that kind of a temperament that you you say, you may not speak disrespectfully to mommy. Well, as that begins to be the story of the day, I definitely know that while we say, you know, this is how God is, what did you do? You did this. It was different. There definitely is also that third question that begins to come out, which is, you know, why do you, what is in you and helping them even recognize, wow, I do this a lot. Well, and I think some of that conversation, even at two, three, four, mm-hmm. and those conversations about hitting somebody with a plastic hammer or <laughs> telling mommy no or daddy no, even in those conversations, I do think it's important to drive back to wisdom. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was wise to tell mommy no yeah. or daddy no? Do you think it was wise yes. to hit your sister That's with the plastic the hammer? Yes. More than... I think we tend to as parents, and I know I've been there, especially with our first few early, where you're just appalled at their behavior. Mm -hmm. And you can't believe they would hit somebody with a plastic hammer. (laughs) Which is a true story in our family. Yes. And it was a friend's (laughs) child. And so it's very embarrassing. (laughs) Horrifying. (laughs) But, you know, it is very easy to react to that because it is wrong. Right. And again, when you're saying that's wrong, it's, it's, it's so easy to say it's wrong and to want to almost layer shame on it to help the. I mean, I know it's that I've done It's part of the it. pressure. It's part of the pressure. So the whatever so pressure that you was need, wrong, yeah. and I can't believe you did it. And why? I mean, why would Never you do, do that? that Don't ever do that again. And you're layering on top of it this shame that is the pressure to say maybe this child will never hit with a plastic hammer again because this this was such a terrible moment for them, and that isn't teaching wisdom well and i will say this it's very tempting to do that because if you can apply enough pressure and and again whatever that pressure is it can be shame it can be physical pressure i mean uh it can be you know restrictions whatever amount of pressure and as the parent you hold the card so you can apply whatever amount of pressure to shape that behavior I think why it's so important in these younger years to lay that foundation of is that wise and begin to navigate what they were feeling when they did it and how they didn't control their emotions and they reacted is it really does, if you can walk that out in those younger years, Mm -hmm. and although you're in a lot of ways honestly seeking the same behavior, which is please don't hit people with plastic hammers, right? to allow them to begin that process even as they get older, opens the conversation for what they're tempted to do in their nature and be able to help them navigate. I mean, they can try to perform forever to be a good Christian or a good kid, but if we're not allowing them to process their desires and shape their desires toward him, we're really kind of bypassing that process that allows them to really grow in how they walk with him. Yeah. which is processing those desires personally 
Yes. And choosing him. Right. But if we're just saying you got to do the right thing and they're and they know inside they really kind of desire to do something different, but they never have the avenue to process that. I think those are the kids we worry about that behave very well mm-hmm. until they don't have to. And then they're really not any closer to God at the end of it. Or they don't really want to behave well while they're under our roof and we call them rebellious and they just kind of rebel against everything and all right. the standards set. So I think even in those early years, it is important to begin that process of helping them understand what they did wasn't wise, what in them would make them or, or make them desire to do whatever they're doing, whether it's tell mommy no, daddy no, or hit or... Disobey. Or yeah, sneak or lie or whatever mm-hmm. the struggle is. Just disciplining, saying don't do that and that was wrong, really bypasses a lot of them being able to process and understand God for who He is, but also really begin yeah. to understand who they are and be yeah. able to process that well. So those are the young years. So then you move into five to 10 year olds. So they're beginning to move from everything is very concrete in their thoughts. They're understanding more of who they are. They're recognizing, wow, this is when the age where kids begin to even label themselves. I mean, they can, they begin to label themselves uh, and establish their identity. They begin to know this is me. This is who I am. And good, bad, right, wrong, I mean, all the different labels, we begin in that 5 to 10-year-old range. They're actually beginning to form some of that. And so this is in this space where wisdom actually, I think, begins to kind of bloom, where Mm -hmm. you can, you begin to have these conversations and they, you know, a real-life example even today didn't, didn't obey and come when they were called. And it is this conversation of why would you choose to not obey and come when you were called? And then pulling and talking and taking that time to say, what made you think it was okay to hide in the back of mommy's closet? (laughs) Real life example today. Uh, And not come when you knew we were trying to leave, you were making everybody late, nobody could find you, and you were hiding in the back of my closet, so you're disobeying, you're not being helpful. There was lots of, there are lots of unwise spaces inside of that. Why would you do that? And that's really begins to help blossom and pull out that, tease out that conversation of, okay, this is, this is what I was feeling in my heart. This is what I was thinking in my mind. This is what I was, you know, wanting to do. I wanted to keep playing with my friend. So I thought if we hid in the back of the closet, he wouldn't have to go home. Yeah. And I think, I mean, really in those preteen years, that is a lot of their foundational years of, of sort of their identity. Mm-hmm. And now more than ever, the conversations, not only in their own desires and the desires of their heart that may be not in line with God that you're allowed to process with them in those conversations, but really the culture is just screaming craziness and just anything goes and all this stuff. And so I, I think it's endless conversations of being able to say, well, what do you think God thinks about that? Yeah. Who do you think God is? What do you think he says about that? 
and it is just a constant sort of turning them back to seeing themselves but also continuing to lay down those foundations of who God is what is his standard what is his creation and not so much from a legalistic you know just these are God's standards and you need to live by them but who is he in his creative nature how did he make us what is his design well you know, I think even even talking about why would God why would this be wise why would God say this is wise mm-hmm. so I think I definitely know one example in these years with our kids has been the ability to and I can't remember where exactly I learned it, but the ability to communicate with our kids, why would God want you to obey mommy and daddy? Why would that be important to God? Or why would he say not to do this? Yeah. You know, why would he say that this even matters? And having them have those conversations back to you, it helps you understand what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, because if they go, well, he's just bossy. Well, okay, so there's a picture of God there that's not accurate anyway. But yeah. somewhere they picked up, so we have something we can work on in the next few probably days from and weeks. Yeah, probably more from us than from God. But yeah, but um, but then having those conversations that say, "Well, these are the reasons. This is why God's wisdom is so much better than ours." You know, when you know, and and I think that that has always helped us navigate that. So then, in the teenage years. So that's that preteen, and I'm really stopping that around 10, and I'm really saying that somewhere after 10, we're beginning to enter into those preteen and adolescent years where now lots of kids have access to lots of world culture and through whatever access they have, TV, movies, games, phones, you name it, they've got it. So now you have all these, these, this age, and really it's in this space where wisdom has to begin begin to become muscles that we're beginning to encourage them to flex. Before here, we were the muscle and we were just talking to them about how we were flexing the muscle, really. Don't you think? Absolutely. And now though, somewhere in this ten, eleven, you begin to make that shift, would you say? Or maybe Yeah, and I think I think it's you know, certainly into the, the early teen years and even, you know, when you think of middle school, high school. Yeah. You know, and I'll be honest. I mean, my nature is no is just an easy answer. So, you know, can I watch this? No. Can I get this game? No. It's just easy because it avoids all the challenges and all mm-hmm. the, you know, it's coming. And so that's what I've learned, though, is that that's part of the process. Yes of their learning, Mm -hmm. even as the ability to fail. But I would rather just say no and be done with it and they not fail. And, but I don't, I've learned that I'm not sure that's in their best interest. So I would much rather them process on the front end, understand what it is they're asking for. So, you know, I think of like a video game, for example, and I, I think we mentioned this, but if not, I mean, we've had all kinds of stuff about movies and music and video games. And, uh, you know, I've been told, well, you can mute it. And I'm like, well, why would you want to mute a video game? And then you find out what the content of all of it is. So instead of just an, a and no would be an extremely easy answer, it's making them process why that would be okay. Or why do you even think 
they've put that in a video game where you would need to mute it. And what is the heart of the video game? And why would that even matter for you to do or not do that? And what about you would make that a good idea or a bad idea? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just those are endless opportunities now with the culture and access to say, you know, the videos and the music and the movies and the, you know, games and all that stuff. Um, You know, not to mention peer groups and, you know, activities and just helping them begin that process. And, And really, honestly, I think when you've done this from really these young years on going, well, who is God and who are you and why would you worry about doing that? Or what do you think he says about that? That really by the time they get in these years where they're having to make decisions, you know, I think ours know they're not going to be able to just come and go, can I do this? And they're going to get a yes or a no. <laughs> no, they're going to get a conversation. So, right. And they, they come a little more prepared. I mean, and we've done everything from, yeah, I'm really struggling with this one. I, you know, I want you to kind of write out what you think the pros and cons of that are mm-hmm. and why that would be wise or unwise. And, you know, how you think you're going to combat the concerns so that's another thing we really challenge mm-hmm. them to do is why would I be concerned about you watching this movie or listening to or this going music with this or going somewhere. to this place with these people? Mm-hmm. What concerns would I have about that as your father? And equally, what concerns would God have about that environment? And how do you plan to address those concerns? Right. And what concerns do you have? And how would you plan to overcome those concerns if you're going to choose to do that and and honestly that comes with great successes i mean there's times you go wow like i i never thought through that as a teenage kid and you see them have moments where you go that was really wise and then you see incredible failures right and you go that just didn't hit the mark i mean (laughs) um i thought we had really laid all that out and that was (laughs) you're gonna make a good decision and And, uh, you know and those some of those come with consequences but i still think that process is extremely important where they're having to think about it and have those conversations before they do it and and i think the key question in in these years is because we they at this point when you've been having these conversations they they do know God's wisdom at this point. They know, our kids do, as they've been talking about this for 15 years, say, they kind of know what God's wisdom is in this space. But they still want to, or they still feel like they should still be able to, or they believe they can handle it. Those are the wisdom, those the um, faux wisdom, which is world wisdom or self-wisdom that begins to come into play and make it hard for them to discern God's wisdom. But I think the important question that oftentimes helps is what in you, and you I mean you said this question, what in you will cause you to be concerned? Like know yourself kind of a question. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's incredibly interesting when you start having this dialogue in your home mm-hmm. because it, it's amazing and we all do it to some degree, but yeah. what we try to justify uh-huh. or what we try to kind of blend, like, God's wisdom with a little bit of our wisdom. Yeah. And we try to come up with this great, you know, (laughs) outcome. 
And it, I mean, and it's interesting. Again, I think it it would be very easy to go, no, that's that's wrong, yeah. no way. But you know, I think I mentioned it last week. But I mean, we've had discussions about Christian rappers that cuss, and you kind of go, well, what do you think about when God says, do not let any unwholesome ma- talk come out of your mouths, except for what is good for building others up according to their needs? How do you think this fits? And it's kind of like, yeah, but you know, we've gotten all into the origin of cuss words and. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, but I think in hindsight, those are good conversations to begin to go back. Why do we even have the ability to speak? I mean, why did God give us that ability? What does he desire for us to do with our words? And, you know, I'm not going to fixate on one cuss word and go, well, that it's all out. But it, but I do want them to think through why is that a concern? And how much are they taking in? I right. think that's another question we always talk about with that. Because it's everywhere. I mean, every... Oh, it's... I mean, yeah, yeah we're not no... fixating on it. And if there's one cuss word, thou shalt not. It is more, though, that that conversation that helps them be discerning. And discernment is part of wisdom. It's... it's. And what's it's really hard. neat is when you've had these conversations <laughs> with your children and then your teenagers are trying to have a conversation with you to justify something that may be a hair shady (laughs) and you ask them whether they think their little brother or sister should listen to that or watch that. And it's, it is interesting to watch sort of their perspective of whether it's okay to do. Right. uh, Yeah. Change. Uh And, and so again, though, that's them applying their understanding of what God's standard is and what, who we are and what we're trying to make decisions in light of. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is our ultimate hope is it, you know, one day we're not going to be here or certainly the decisions that they make that are probably going to be the most critical in their lives. We, we're probably not mm-hmm. going to be standing with them making that decision. And what we hope that they're able to do in those moments when they're making bigger, bigger and bigger decisions with bigger consequences and lifelong uh, consequences. Who is God? Who am I? What do you know? What do I think about his perspective of the decision I'm trying to make? Mm-hmm. What do I understand about myself in this decision? Mm-hmm. What should I be cautious of? Mm-hmm. And really, that is the definition of wisdom is that we you know, that God is the source. His standard is it. It's laid out all in his word. We talked about Proverbs and that certainly is a great book, but really all of his word Mm -hmm. is the truth, is that standard of wisdom. And how do we line ourselves up with that and consider that in making decisions before we make them, not just making decisions and then cleaning up after the fact. Yeah. Um, And so that's really the prayer for our adult children is that that process would be ingrained in such a way that that's how they make their decisions. Yes. Well, I hope that this gives you a little bit of um, some framework for wisdom and how to, how to look at it and how to look at it across different ages. I know that in the last week, I've had a lot of messages like, what do I say to my five-year-old? What do I say to my 12-year-old? What do I do in this moment? So I am hoping that this has given you a little bit more framework. I think that Troy uh, laid out key questions 
and we will make sure that those questions end up in the show notes for you to use in your own home. Um, And honestly, this is the beautiful, holy work. You are investing. And just like what Troy said, you know, what you're doing now, you're not going to know the fullness and that's okay. You are investing now, being found faithful now. And you're not going to do it perfectly. And God's not holding that standard against you. He is inviting you, though, to begin to walk with him surrendered and seeking to know the heart of your child, seeking to lead your child to the wisdom of God. And ultimately, so that they can grow their own discernment muscles and wisdom muscles and make decisions in light of who God is and who they are and what God says is the way to walk. I'm glad you've been here this week and I look forward to um, talking with you next week. Next week we're going to be talking about Christmas and Thanksgiving and it's going to be um, exciting but know this that when when you are doing this work There are going to be many days that are going to feel really hard. It is worth it. It is worth it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to BethanyKimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see That when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.